Welcome back, everybody, to our Let's Talk Green County program here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network, brought to you today by Jefferson A&W Family Restaurant. This is Coltrane Carlson, and our guest today is our Green County School District Superintendent, Brett Abbott, joining us once again for part two of our two-part series. And so I know last time we talked a lot about the legislature and how that deals with public schools, and now we kind of need to concentrate on what happened at last week's school board meeting, one of those being the public hearing and eventual approval by the school board for next year's school calendar. Is there anything you'd like to highlight for us as far as how that calendar will look and function for next year? We will have a a day off in between semesters and quarters. It'll give our teachers an opportunity to get grades finalized, get those published and and submitted so that uh, our families and students can see those. They're updating them all the time anyway. It'll also give us a chance to kind of put a button on the quarter, give teachers a chance to plan and get materials and things ready for starting the next quarter or semester. That was a big ask from our high school teachers. And so uh, I was glad we were able to meet them in the middle and still be able to get the number of days, get the number of hours of instruction that we are needing to be uh, compliant with state law there and then also end before Memorial Day. So it's a lot of factors to consider. We still have the full week of spring break. So fundamentally, the calendar is not going to look holistically different other than we have a few extra days for PD and training. Jumping off from there, a lot of like majority of the meeting was spent on energy efficiencies and how do we go about reducing our quote-unquote carbon footprint if you want to go that we're out or or utilities as a whole i guess i wasn't doesn't even dawn on me that i guess you have to be aware of that as a school district but you really put some some big figures out there that really brought this to light pun intended with your energy savings can you just tell us the the highlights of of what you were able to explain at the board meeting. Yeah, so really what we talked about is the increasing costs that we have every month really for our natural gas and electrical costs. In the past 4 years, you know, we've we've seen an increase in our electrical and natural gas costs by well over $100,000. It's just a significant cost. It's all general fund money. It really puts a, a again, it puts a huge damper on the things that we're able to do as a school district when we have our money going towards things that we could control. And so I did a number of research, had a lot of conversations with additional companies, talked with our original architect and engineers, especially of the high school, and just looked at, you know, what can we do? I didn't want to sit back on our heels and just hope things kind of maybe took care of themselves. I know that our service provider is their their rates are going to increase over the next five years. It's if you read the fine print in your bill, you'll you'll see it. It's in there. And so just starting to project out of what those could look like and realize how just how much of our yearly budget it really is started to cause some alarm bells to go off and that it, w- it was time to do something about it. So I've been having conversations with the board. I've been informing them of what our expenditures are, kind of got the understanding or the notion that it was it was time to start taking some steps. And so that's that's what we're going to try. There was actually some action from the board to go in those uh, those possible mediation routes. Can you tell us just what exactly the the beginning solution part is going to be? Yeah. So the beginning part of that is uh, where we've now contracted with a company called Optimize Systems. They're going to come in and, and really take a, a solid, very deep level look at our high school internal controls, clean a lot of that up for us, but also provide education to our facilities and maintenance staff so that they know what they're looking for, what they're looking at, and be able to support us in terms of making sure that all of our systems are running as efficiently as they can. They're going to find if we have any deficiencies or things that need repaired or replaced within our system. I can't imagine that we will at the high school, just given that it's so new. Uh, But, you know, there's always something that could be a little faulty that needs to be repaired or looked at that our staff would just never receive the training on when when we got that building. So typically the way it works in, in new construction building is companies that all 
come together to put it all together. Once their contract is done, they kind of hand you the keys and, and say good luck. And I want to give our facilities and maintenance staff the opportunity to be able to know what they're looking at, know what they're looking for, and, and be able to control some of these things. I noticed you mentioned the high school alone, and you know the public is probably going to wonder why zero in on something that's so new when you've got older facilities such as the elementary and where we're at today in the middle school. Is it because the high school is taking the lion's share of the uh, energy deficiencies that you're trying to zero in on? The high school alone counts for about 60% of our energy costs in a, in a school year. And when you look at the actual footprint of it, it's not 60% of our of our district's footprint. It's maybe about 35 or 40% just given the size of it. And while it is a, a big, beautiful building, uh, there is a lot of open space and there's a lot of very tall ceilings. And, and, you know, when we think about the gym, the commons, the auditorium, the career academy, there's a lot of things that go on in, in our career academy too that just, they just hog a lot of energy. Now we're realizing it o- over time. I think we're just, we're kind of, we just had a lot of factors that play now that are kind of catching up with us. And then when that building was built, it was originally set to really pump a lot of fresh and move, and move a lot of new air around the building. That's been a big cause of some of the things that, uh, that we have going on there too. Last thing, I want to give you an opportunity to give us an update now that we've gone through MAP. Over a year, you've got some really solid data that you can do some comparables with and and show us, you know, kind of even more concrete results. A couple questions I have for you, first of all, is, you know, you've shown growth district-wide in both math. uh, Actually, math is better than reading, district-wide, that is, and over the, not only from the fall to the winter, but also just over the one and a half years that you've had this program in existence. My first question to you is, are these initial results that you presented to the board what you were hoping for, or were they just something that, okay, it's a good starting block for us? Can you explain that for us a little bit? Really what I wanted this to to give is is another source of data that was uh, kind of in that formative assessment. In past, prior to me being here, it seemed that we only ever looked at our state assessment, which is a once a year assessment that our students had to take. And we don't glean a whole lot of information off of that state assessment, just essentially our kids performing or not. Our map assessment with all the different reports that we we can pull from that allows us to go much more granular with either a group of students or even individual students. When we look at school improvement, you know, we're, we're looking for about a, a one and a half to two percent increase every assessment window we have as a district. I mean, that's that's certainly happening in, in both math and reading. And I think one thing that it really excites me, which may sound a little off, is that we didn't have a meteoric rise. It's been a very uh, slow, subtle stair-step increase uh, when, when you look at our data, because that's what school improvement is. Uh, school improvement doesn't, it's not flash it's not fancy. It doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. It's about building systems and building processes to ensure that we are catching the kids that are, that are struggling to, to be able to boost them up. And then also our kids that are excelling and doing really well to continue to push them on. And then obviously, you know, supporting every other student in between. The assessment results that we have, to me, just show that we just have consistent, stable, sustainable school improvement methods going on in, in each of our buildings. Now, you did mention and you have mentioned before that this assessment allows you to kind of dig down into individual students or individual grades. This has been around long enough now. Can you give us any examples that come to mind that you have done that approach? You have done individual student work or individual grade work to get them to, again, use that sustainability and see continual improvement every every time you take it. 
Yeah, so we really decreased the amount of students that were entering into special education. It seemed to kind of be a, kind of, I'll call it a thing we used to do. In the past was if a student struggled, we'd just kind of steer them right towards special ed. But now just being able to see see this uh, these immediate results and this immediate data is really giving us the opportunity to provide interventions or through through g- like a general ed standpoint first. I have several different examples without going sure. into, into individual students, but yeah. even just looking at how our grade levels are, sh- are shifting over time shows us that our, they, you know, our multi-tiered systems of supports that we're putting in and that we're really, really ingraining into each of our buildings is, is really starting to take hold. And that's our guest for today's Let's Talk Green County program here with our Green County School Superintendent is Brett Avis joining us once again. So thank you very much for coming on. Thank you, sir. Today's Let's Talk Green County program is brought to you by Jefferson A&W Family Restaurant on North Elm in Jefferson. Enjoy that delicious A&W All-American food seven days a week, and they're open daily at 1030 a.m. We'll be right back with more here on the Raccoon Valley Radio Network.